That was Tori Amos and Cornflake Girl here on 97X, The Future of Rock and Roll. Also heard from some Flaming Lips and Midnight Oil in there as well. Today at noon, laugh along with Stasa as she has some great comedy on the appropriately named Comedy Hour. Today at noon to one, some funny, funny people there. Day, uh, day. It's coming up. Yes. Uh, is uh-huh. Richard Belzer going to be on? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's great, but unfortunately, the the comedy hour today. The the only comedy hour. It's actually a comedy half hour. It's a comedy two bellas because it's you and I doing this goofy little podcast about our time at ninety seven X. You're in your palatial estate. I'm in my party dungeon. We are not being socially distant. We're being distantly social. (laughs) Good way to put it. But the good news is we do have um, the aforementioned host of the Comedy Hour or the person presenting the Comedy Hour. So Stasa has joined us. Stasa, welcome. Well, hello. I, I'm happy to be here. But I'm probably the least funny person around, but hey, let's, let's do a comedy, a comedy bit here. No. Um, well, well I, I brought that up because if I remember correctly, Run down how long you worked at 97X, the years, and, and what air shifts you had. You got it. I think I started there around 95, and um, I, I did that because I met Rick and Gary at our day jobs, and he knew I had a background in radio. So anyhow, he introduced me to the station, et cetera, and um, I, so I was there starting like on Saturday nights, like everybody does with midnight, um, you know, the Extra Beats show. And so that was 95 into 96. And I started doing more things then. And uh, then by 97, appropriate 1997 for 97X, I was basically on the air that whole year. And that was exciting. I had gone to middays from 10 to 3. And then I did the production director duties after, which means I did commercials probably from about 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock every day. And then um, right at the end, it was hard to leave, but I had to make a decision. And um, I was just offered the morning spot with uh, Ricks and Gary. And I I really wanted to do that. I did do fill in in the morning sometimes. And um, eventually I made my way back up to my hometown of Detroit. So I was basically on air there from uh, 1995, uh, almost to 1998 or so. Um, yeah, I do remember mostly you on middays because you uh, hosted uh, what the All Request Business Lunch. Yes, yes. You had that. I, I'm trying to remember some of the other uh, noontime shows. There's Blue Monday. Yes, uh, there's, there's Blue Monday. Down. Back to the '80s. We did that. I want to say that was maybe Friday. Yeah, Back um, to the Future. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, Back to the Future exactly, and. Um, New Tunes Tuesday, of course, the whole yeah. lunch hour was that. And then on um, on Sundays, I would uh, go ahead and work on um, World Beats. And that was just a special show that I programmed on the weekends. I really enjoyed that. Now, so, a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so when you met Rick, you were not put off by him as co-workers. I just want to get that. No, he was always a cool guy. He was a cool guy at our day job and an even cooler guy in the studios. How much did he pay you to say that? (laughs) (laughs) I love the dirty mare and I don't take bribes, really. (laughs) Um, Okay, so were you familiar with 97X before meeting uh, Rick? 
Yes, I was. And because I lived in Oxford, Ohio, and I had arrived in Oxford, I think around 1995. And so I knew it was there. I had worked at a different, smaller station um, prior to going over to uh, WOXY. What, What station was that? And what kind of music was it? Oh, well, it wasn't much music. It was talk. It was WMOH and NASCAR. It was all about NASCAR. <laughs> that was in Hamilton. Oh, yeah. No, we know it well. Actually, Billy D, uh, Bill Douglas, yes. I think he is still working at that station. Wow. Yeah. He was a nice guy. Yes. I never worked with him, but I had run across him at both stations, you know, at various points. So what was your day job where you ran into Rick Tile? <laughs> the Rictile, yes. We were working over for General Electric and we answered questions for people who um, had a Macy's credit card. And um, all day long, we would just help people who were kind of in New York City trying to get extra credit to buy a couch or, you know, for a coat or something like that. And we, um, we were in Ohio talking to all these people in New York and a few other East Coast cities as well over in uh, New Jersey and, and some in Pennsylvania. So you would get the calls from from like the Macy's salesperson at the store saying, hey, this dude wants to buy a couch, not sure it's yes. going to go through, that sort of thing? It was an interesting job to have, but it wasn't radio. And when you're an artistic person like the Rick Tile and myself, we really wanted a different outlet. And we definitely found that over at WOXY. It was a great experience to be there too. But really, if if you were getting people's social security numbers and information, I mean, you really could have done a side racket in like identity theft. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one day I remember being at that job and somebody um, like, there was these guys that came in and they were heading straight towards a different person's cubicle. And this guy like literally got up, hopped over the six foot cubicle and ran out the fire exit door because they had to do background checks on us. And obviously something was in that guy's background. Wow. So so Rick didn't work there long is what you're trying to say. <laughs> no, Rick, Rick probably would have advanced to supervisor. You know, Rick, he's just... He's all that and a bag of chips, yes. Well, I do I do know that you probably recognize he was in radio because besides raising someone's credit limit, he would also tell the forecast and give a traffic <laughs> update. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That guy must be in radio. <laughs> you a big fan of the of the music we uh, played at 97X? Were you familiar with the artists? Yes, yes. I had always liked that kind of music because originally I went to Michigan State University and we had a an alternative uh, radio station, and I think it was 89.1 um, FM back in East Lansing, Michigan. And that's where I first started to encounter the different artists like R.E.M. and the Smiths and so on and so forth. That was around the mid 80s. And so I, I had always preferred alternative music. And then there I was. So I definitely used to listen to the radio station when I moved to Oxford, Ohio. Um, but I did not, you know, uh, know any of you at that time I just was a listener and and did you also once you graduated did you start at WMOH or is there some time in between uh, there was a little bit of time in between so I was interning up in Detroit at WJR radio 
And uh, that was kind of like the WLW of Detroit, mm-hmm. that equivalent. And eventually when I got back to Detroit, I did go and work there. So that's where I worked. I was working at uh, WJR Radio on 9-11. I was also there um, in 2003 when um, the U.S. had invaded Iraq. And I was alone that night. And um, at that point, when you're alone in a newsroom and there's just a massive breaking news story, I just kind of switched to the ABC network for obvious reasons. And um, but that was basically my radio experience, uh, largely in a nutshell. Eventually, I left WJR, but I was on the air not too long before uh, everything shut down. I just was doing some fill in for uh, somebody at a different radio station, a sports talk station. And, and so I was just on the air this year. That was fun. And it's especially exciting because my youngest kids are six and they could hear me on the radio. And, um, you know, that, that that's really neat because most of what I did was, you know, 20 years ago. Do you have any tapes of your time at 97X that you can play for the kids? Yes, I do. I do. I have them on cassette tapes. And um, I've done it for my older daughter. The younger guys just kind of starting to understand uh, what it meant that I was on radio. I was going to say it's amazing to me because I forgot that you're you're Michigan based too. Um, I believe Doug Baylog is Michigan yes. based, and so's uh, Julie Maxwell. Oh, use Absolutely. her name. Were Michigan yes. based as well too. Um, so there is a, a kind of a rich radio history coming from Michigan as well. Yes, I went to the same high school as Doug Baylog. So Rick got me the interview. And then when I met Doug and we connected, having gone to Edsel Ford High School in Dearborn, Michigan, it was all over. And oh, yeah. So that was great. Yes. And then Julie is still here, one of my Facebook friends. Our kids go to uh, the local uh, high schools. Uh, they compete against each other. Well, the schools do in different sports, et cetera. And Julie had a job in Detroit radio for a while, too, when I first got up here. And uh, it just uh, Julie is one of the most creative, talented people I have ever encountered. So, yes, I'm, I'm really happy to think about uh, my Michigan background when it comes to Doug and uh, Julie as well. Now, did you sing the school fight song for Doug? And then after that, it was, it was a piece <laughs> of cake. <laughs> I, I can't say I remember that. Although my daughter just got into Michigan State yesterday, my oh, alma mater, wow. and I was singing that fight song all day long. Congratulations. Thank you. And you said it was Edsel Ford High School? Yes. Nice. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Did they have a yes. hockey team? Because if did they, they did, a, a hockey team. Because if they did, I'm sure Doug <laughs> no. was on it. Uh, funny that you would talk about hockey, though, but... Um, no, we were called the Thunderbirds, and um, Doug was in one of the first graduating classes when that was built in the late 50s. This is good. We, we, we're going to have to contact you again, Stasa, for, for some more <laughs> background information on Doug the Falcon Baylog. This is good. Yeah. If you can find a, a high school yearbook photo of him, oh, yeah, we will pay for that. <laughs> you got it. I'll make that a mission now. Perfect. Well, when you look... When you look back on your uh, time at, at 97X, I mean, what do you think of uh, for the you know three years you were there? I'm grateful. First off, I think I'm grateful. I, I also, I do think about you, Dave and Rick, like the two of you together, you were just 
kind of the essence of the station. I think about a lot of the nice people I worked with at that time, a couple of uh, people behind the scenes that made the day always go better, like Kathy Lucas and uh, Stead, Mike Winstead. A mm -hmm. um, couple interns, Matt Shiverdecker and Rhett. And, um, yeah. And a couple other nice people that I worked with on air, including Jim Mercer, nice guy. He Gentleman Jim, yes. Yeah, liked him. And, um, of course, Julie, we were just talking about her. Dorsey Fife. Oh, my gosh, the guy is just amazing. And um, Tina Christina in the air chair. And, um, of course, Doug's wife, Linda. She doesn't get talked about a lot, but just a kind, sweet person. Lots of good people. And, of course, the Baker man, his voice booming and so forth. One day I was down at the Olympics in um, – <laughs> I wasn't participating. That's probably the best comedy <laughs> yes. of the 18-minute scenario here. But, anyway, I was down in uh, Georgia, and I was just on some public transportation with my 97X T-shirt on. And these people all started talking to me about um, the movie that we were in with uh, Dustin Hoffman and knowing yeah. it. And it was amazing how much um, 97X uh, had its listeners. I think about the listeners too, by the way, but um, it was amazing uh, all the different people and, and how far spread the uh, listenership went. I remember a couple of our listeners, remember the guy in Lebanon who owned the toy store? Yes. Um, Michael Longoria, yes. Yes, yes. And nice guy, couple other listeners. One lady was touring the station, and um, I commented on her sweater. She gave me the, um, the shirt off her back, literally. She said, if you like it, here, take it. And it just kind-hearted people. I remember parties on the party patio. One time uh, with the Breakfast Club, uh, Rick and I, we were doing something um, to celebrate the Cinco de Mayo, and we were grilling out spam, and we were grilling out pop tarts, and inviting listeners to come by. We had made a 97x pinata, and the pinata I had made it, and nobody could crack it, but I had used um, duct tape. Ooh. So we had like these big guys coming by just to take a crack at this. Nobody was cracking it. We had it stuffed with <laughs> t-shirts and keychains and. I, I never made another pinata with duct tape after that. <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> mm. That's you're going to have to send us that recipe for grilled spam and grilled pop tarts because that sounds absolutely delightful. Quite a one-two combination for the innards. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we we had so much fun on that party patio. I remember the day the bare naked ladies are there and we were out partying with them, and they were really impressed with the. Um, the restaurant on College Corner Pike, it was called the Super Deluxe Chinese Buffet, and they just loved the name, Super Deluxe. And so throughout the entire interview, they kept saying, this is Super Deluxe, and that is Super Deluxe, and just a nice time out on that party patio. So a lot of those kinds of things are the things I remember. I'm grateful. I have dreams nowadays, though, that I'm going back on the air, and I don't have things queued up, and, you know, I just like it's, it's crazy how that sticks with you. Um, I wish I could be back on the air now because there's the, the richness of our experiences as we go through a couple more decades, there's so much more you could offer. But um, I'm grateful that I had that chance when I did though. And now you're, um, you're in lockdown with your kids. You're, you said you're homeschooling all your children. Tell us about yes. that. Well, actually, fortunately, the school is giving me everything and the kids check in every day that way, but I oversee it. So I have a senior 
in high school who is missing the senior year. And then I have uh, twin sons that are in first grade. And um, so I'm able to, uh, I work with them while the senior obviously does her own thing. Um, it's, my husband also works for one of the auto companies. So he's home. So all five of us are home all the time. And uh, <laughs> wow, um, it's, it's good though. It's a blessing that we can be in and, and help kind of not be people milling about uh, potentially spreading the virus. So um, we bought a jungle gym for the backyard so the boys could get out and exercise a lot more. And um, I, I know that one day though, these will be um, beyond the fact of the sad things going on. And, and I, I feel sorry for the people um, dealing with COVID, but beyond that fact, um, provided that we all stay safe in this home, I, I know these will one day be the good old days that we were able to be together as a family for so long. Wow. Well said. Yeah. You're, you know, what, you. what's really coming through, because Sasa, uh, I left in mid-94, so I didn't really, we didn't overlap at the station, but what's really coming right. through in this talk is just, just your spirit, your positivity. So that's, that's very cool um, and, and, and that you've retained that to this day. Thank Rick you. tried to break Rick tried to break that down day after day, <laughs> but she was resilient. <laughs> we did mention the uh, two Bella Lugosi time limit, so two Bella yeah. Lugosi's dead, and we are rapidly approaching that. But it's been great catching up with you. Good luck with that homeschooling, all that stuff. It's surprising that your husband in Detroit, your husband works for an auto company. I mean, what's the chances of that happening? <laughs> right. I mean, what are the odds of that? He's certainly, it's not he's like, like either a unicorn. Of our fathers worked in the auto industry either. <laughs> now, did he go to high school with Linda? Did he go to Linda Baylog, same high school by any chance? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, Stasa, thanks very much for joining us today. And I think you mentioned you you might have. Uh, a couple items, photos, or whatever from, from the old days, so you're going to send those our way. And just want to remind uh, the three people that tune into this podcast, our email is <laughs> 97xwoxy at gmail.com. And also, if you go to the website, 97xbam.com, I believe there is a place you can sign up for uh, contact information or to be notified anytime we have a new podcast episode. So that's our and public service announcement. Guys, I just want to say I thank you guys for keeping up this rich history. Thank you very much. It, it's um, selfish on our part because, like, Dave and I, we'd get together at concerts or whatever and just say, you know, like, we'd talk about the laugh about those times you know grilling spam on the patio or whatever and just say you know what let's let's turn on a couple microphones and see what happens and the nice thing is for the few people that do listen i think it is a nice connection to some fond times in their lives got it thank you very much for having me on today 97x hi Artie fufkin hi all of my records how are you hey how are you doing uh, you are Derek. Derek. Artie yeah. Fucking Polymer Records. How are you? I'm your promo man here in Chicago. Oh, that's great. You. I love you guys. Yeah. Right? yeah. And of course, Nigel. Nigel. I love you. Nigel Tufno. Right. I love your stuff. I go back with you guys. Boy, yeah. do I. Artie Fucking Polymer Records. Right. Yeah. I love you. And who are you, darling? Oh, this is my special new friend, Cindy. Hello, Cindy. And this is Belinda. Artie. Hello, Belinda. Artie Fucking nice Polymer Records. Yeah. Promo. And I'm. Oh, what's going on here? Hi. Oh, Hi, guys. Artie Fucking Polymer Records. Nice to see you. Rumblings from the Big Bush. Thank you.